Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby In Deglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, and stream it on Hulu. Out of practice. I got new glasses. Do I sound dorkier? You sound like a million dollars and look like an absolute moron. Out of practice! And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, going week by week through David E. Kelly's Emmy Award-winning series, The Practice. This week we are up to Season 2, Episode 25, Food Chain. How's it going, Degs? Hey, Keith, it's going well. Uh, We're not recording the day of. I don't have to rush to get it out. And uh, assuming we don't have 75 takes, it should be a good Saturday. Amazing. And thank you for jinxing us. (laughs) Cue computer crash in three, two. (laughs) So, you know, I was watching uh, uh, last night. It was a big, like, super moon and the harvest moon all at the same time. It was and beautiful. Jills and I were watching, because we start Halloween now. Yeah. We're, we're watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. And do you know who does the uh, the opening voiceover for that? Vincent Price? No. It, that would not be appropriate to our podcast. Do you think I'm going to bring up something that's not relevant? <laughs> That voiceover point. is done by none other than John Larroquette. Of course, of course it's John Larroquette. Who did it in 1974, I think, for the original, and I believe he was paid in weed. That might be <laughs> apocryphal, but uh, that's what I heard, and uh, we watched the remake from 2003, and it was Larroquette again. Uh, only tangentially connected. I... Uh, was it last night or the night before? I stayed up till four o'clock in the morning rewatching because it was on TV and they're playing it on loop on Sci-Fi. Uh, the original It television movie. Oh, I love that movie. I forgot how long it is. Okay, so my here's here's what's going to be fun, and I don't listen to the podcast, so I'll never know whether or not you're actually going to remember to cut out that section <laughs> or not. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see by the runtime. <laughs> if it's twelve hours and four minutes, we'll know. <laughs> Very good. Well, do you know what John Larroquette does? He sets up this perfect segment. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. How? Well, because uh, I posted the GIF of uh, Bobby cracking up uh due to john lake or uh, dylan mcdermott cracking up due to john larroquette's nonsense on reddit and uh we got this comment from our friend on reddit 
Oh, are you queuing me up? You bet I am. <laughs> I don't I don't know what oh, okay. So you should preface what it was was the comment in the gif. What were you saying? We basically said, Do you think this is uh Dylan McDermott cracking up because of Larroquette's hijinks, or is this part of the show? And uh user full of joy, very clever username there, great handle. Full of joy. Do you think joy that's a Sweeney Todd reference? Post- Mm, no, I don't know. It's probably not spelled F U L L U V joy. So full okay, of all right, joy. right. That's why it's clever. If it was just you know spelling it without the spaces, I'd say less clever. But anywho, comedian <laughs> didn't even pull it up. That was comedian. What's amazing? Wow, I did it in the exact you register. you stay in the same key every time you make fun of yourself being a comedian. Well, Keith, it might be an unexceptional voice, but at least it's it's in the correct pitch. Um. I'm referencing one of the reviews I received one time. One of my favorite reviews I ever got. It said, Deglio sings well in an unexceptional voice. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, you know what? Nailed it. Nailed it. Because that's not far off. I'll sing the notes and, and I'll sing them loud and proud and in the right key. I can't promise you that you're going to like Look, I it. got called sophomoric um, in the Times. So, I also got called Woody Allen's uh, chubby cousin. <laughs> Which I was like, man, I'm really insulted, but at the same time, highly That's complimented. A, I had another one where uh, it was talking about the song I wrote for uh, the show. And it's like, I had to check around and make sure that I wasn't on meth during this song. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's going on the cons- uh, the bubble art of the bubble art, the box art of. Uh, oh, it, it was on my website for sure. We went to a Barnes and Noble last night uh just because we were killing time between shows and we found Jen's CD. She's on the cast album of this Fiddler they released and it was right next to Hamilton. And it's the first time, like, as our intrepid listeners will know, I tease my wife pretty much mercilessly on this podcast. uh, And she's a great sport about it. But I will say it's the first time, and I'm sure, I know you had this moment when Jules was in her last Broadway show. Um, It's the first time I geeked out a little bit. It's the first time. Oh, it's super cool. Where I was like... Where I was like, this is fucking cool, man. Yeah. It has literally nothing to do with me, but I'm into no, it. No, <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I believe that reflected glory is our best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, consider that fucking stolen. <laughs> I'm going to use that all the time. Um, yeah, I said uh, my best look is arm candy to someone important. Absolutely. Uh, which is a similar comment. Anyway. Full of user full of joy on Reddit says, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. John was fantastic in that role. I believe he won an Emmy for it. I think that's confirmed. He did indeed, yes. Yes. Uh, Such an underrated actor. Now, this is the bone I'd like to pick, Keith. Okay. John Larroquette, as far as I'm concerned, is is well lauded. I don't know that I would consider him underrated. Well, I mean, he certainly is, yeah, I think considered a legend in a lot of ways. Uh you know, it, it did make me wonder, why doesn't John Larroquette have a show right now? Because I feel like he should be headlining, uh, you know, it could be like a legal show, but it should be a Showtime legal show so he can, you know, say fuck and such. But I would absolutely watch John Larroquette doing whatever. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think. I mean, Night Court was another huge kind of thing yeah serious long run for him but i'm other outside of that i don't know that he's had a lot of long series well they try i mean they tried to give him a sitcom the john larroquette show 
Oh, I don't recall that. But it didn't much. really pan I do, out. I remember it happening. He, you know, he had a couple of, I mean, he's, he's done a lot of theater. I, you know, I, as I said, I saw him at How to Succeed um, on Broadway. But he also, I mean, he's done, he's done The West Wing and a whole bunch of stuff. But I would like to see him headline another show. You know, a lot of times it comes down to, and this is something, maybe a better podcast, but maybe not. Sometimes people make enough money and do enough and have the type of lifestyle where they kind of do guest stars and maybe theatrical performances around. And that's what oh, they absolutely. like. They like yeah. that kind of light and they don't want to work that no, much. I, I, I don't think that the fact that he doesn't have a show isn't because he doesn't want one. You know, money aside... Being in a series is a shit ton of work. I don't know that pe- if people really understand how much goes into it. Not to mention, you're filming late at night. You're away from your family. You're living out of a trailer. You're, it's, oh yeah, it's not particularly all glamorous. Yeah, no. I mean, i I would like to I would like to have the money, but I'm not sure I'd want to have that lifestyle. Yeah, true. So whether John Larroquette is underrated or not, I mean, I guess if your point full of joy is that he if. He had chosen, if the stars had aligned, he could be a huge star rather than sort of a a star in this realm. I would, I'd probably agree with that. I just yeah. think his chops are amazing. And he rides that line of dramatic and comedic very well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know what would be good for right now would be a great, like, Marvel villain. Or like a Bond yeah. villain or really any of those... Like he should be the bad guy in a Mission Impossible movie or whatever, and he he obviously could do a great deal more than that. But like, I'd love to see him, you know, chew the scenery as a villain in some big movie. He probably he's probably just think, chosen not to do that. Yeah, that's what I feel. But anyway, I uh, uh John uh John Tom Brady is busy uh, preparing for his next game this week. Uh, he's working with Antonio Brown very hard on some really important plays. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, and you know what, uh, speaking of, you know, I think Bobby's firm would actually be pretty great for Antonio Brown. I, they certainly deal with difficult clients who act wildly irrationally. Uh, but outside of that, Tom hasn't written us. So I think filings and subpoenas has come. To okay, close. excellent. Well, I, you know, I, I wanted to bring this up, uh, before we get into the episode proper, and that is, we have a special episode to do next week. In fact, next week, we're not even going to do an episode of The Practice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kate. I know. I We promise these people, week by week, we're going to see it through all 1,200,000 episodes of The Practice. Well, what are we doing instead? Unfortunately, we have 12,001 episodes to do because next week... Back in 1998 began the great Ally McBeal, The Practice Crossover Night. This is something I was unaware so, of. So, yeah. So back on, I think it was April 20... Hold on, I'm going to check. I, I am the better podcast. April 27th, there was a back-to-back cross-network crossover between Ally McBeal and The Practice. And McBeal was on Fox? Ally McBeal was on Fox. The practice was on ABC. But they were both created and written by David E. Kelly. And what what happened was the practice was, uh, in season two, was going great. They ended up winning a ton of awards. It was it was very well respected, but nobody was watching. And they had, they had lousy ratings, and they were sort of like, they were kind of up shit's creek. 
But what, what had huge ratings over on Fox was Ally McBeal. So the story goes, they figured, let's see if we can rescue the practice by crossing over with Ally McBeal, which would normally be a really easy thing to do if you're both on the same network. But this involved convincing Fox to let them do a crossover that would help a competitor on ABC. Not to mention, and we will definitely get into it next week, the tones of these shows are wildly different. Right, Alan McBeal is a little bit more, um, what's the word, how should I say? It was a little more... It's uh, a comedy. I mean, yeah, Alan McBeal okay. is a is a romantic comedy sort of in a legal world and in, uh, like a fantasy world too. And, and we'll, we'll get into it, but like there was all these sort of cutaways to uh, Ali's imaginary situations, like in the pilot, oh. like she's making out in a, in a mug of hot chocolate with the guy she sees and this, that, the other thing. It's, so like a Grey's Anatomy kind of vibe? No, way loopier than way, Grey's Anatomy. Okay. So like almost cl- Scrubs? Yeah, yeah, it, yes, it's it's like halfway between Scrubs and Grey's Anatomy. Okay. So it was I've- sort of dramatic but also had all the crazy cutaways that Scrubs does. So uh it's going to be a really interesting thing to watch this show you said it was two nights so they so McBeal comes on the practice and then vice versa that's right so which is why we have to do it now because oh so is this the crossover episode or is it next 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 week is the crossover but the crossover starts on Ali McBeal and goes I think Ali was at eight and then everyone switched from Fox over to ABC at nine to watch the practice to finish the crossover so then the question becomes yes in in what I'll call logistics that literally no one cares about. <laughs> I believe all of our logistics nobody cares about. Yeah, that's a good point. Do we label this do we label this next episode next week chronologically or do I mark it as a special episode so it stands apart? Well, I think it is a special episode yet it still is an episode in our chronology. So oh, so it it sort of is, so okay, it it, okay. it will be episode thirty three for us, but thirty three okay. will be a special, if okay. that makes sense. Cool. So, sure, uh, yeah. So look out, kids, that's going to be crazy. But that's not coming up till next week because we have an, a very important episode to get through, entitled "The Practice" season two episode twenty five food chains which aired on April 6th, 1998. And we all know where we start. We start with the very important question of what were we doing on... Where the hell is the queue? Oh, there it is. This day in the basement. I tried to fill for so long, and I literally was trying so hard to come up with things to say filling that I couldn't see with my eyeballs. Well, Keith, April 8th, April 6th, 6th, 1998, I'm 18 years old, and I was dating uh, uh, one of the, she was lovely, her name is Lara, we'll leave it there, uh, as we've decided, you and I love to push it a little too far as to what, how many, how full of names we should share, <laughs> you know, we have to go back and cut them out of episodes. <laughs> I don't um, know what you're talking about, I didn't do that last week. It, <laughs> so this... I was dating this lovely girl, Laura, who ended up breaking my heart, but they all did. They all do. They all do until they don't. And I'm trying to remember as an 18-year-old, I guess I I was 17. I wasn't quite 18 yet. 
what I thought marriage was or would be. Oh, and this I is guess, interesting. Yeah, because uh, my parents didn't really get along. If I'm being honest, if we're getting, we're gonna go go a place on this podcast, and so I think I had two different phases in my life. Uh, a phase where I really idealized marriage, where I like painted the picture I wanted it mm-hmm. to be. Um, which I think was a direct result as t- wanting it to be the opposite of my parents. Sure. Um, and then I, I then as I got older, I switched over to a much more uh, pessimistic view in that I just didn't, I didn't think it, any of them could work. So I was in the early phase here, and the reason I bring this up is because flash forward, oh so many years uh, to 2011. On this date, it was a Sunday, and it was. Me marrying my wife. I got married. This is my anniversary. There it is. Oh, it is your anniversary. Oh, mazel yeah, tov. So which, and so yeah. glad you're spending it podcasting. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not my real anniversary today. It, the the air date of this oh, is, the, is my anniversary. Oh, yeah. you see the weird parallel I'm drawing oh, here. Oh God! So I, I no, I I got stuck in the same temporal vortex that this whole season has been on. So I don't know where I am or yes, or, or what's happening. That's fair, and. I think it's cool that I ended up in neither of the two, neither of the idealized version that I kind of painted in my head, nor the shitty version my parents were in. I found exactly the healthy, happy in between, which I think uh, good, successful marriages are based on. Yeah, so, true enough. Uh, yeah, I'm going to use my this day on the basement to do that. I think it's it's a necessary mea culpa also to <laughs> the, last two the, weeks. the shit I've been talking on my wife. <laughs> Which she listens to, so I I catch shit from both. Yeah, angles. fair enough. Well, I I was I was at that wedding and it was beautiful and we had, a, had a, an amazing time. Really good Indian yeah, food, right? That's what we had. We we yeah, we had a lot. We had a variety of foods, but there was some Indian yeah. food. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations on that. You know, I I also have a, a bit of a, a bit of a cop out. Um, Wait, no, you didn't have the. In- I, I was th- I was Im- remembering another wedding in a barn that year that i went to uh, that's what it was well i don't know if you guys stayed till the next morning but the breakfast the day after the, no we did wedding, it was really good there was, a, there was curried scrambled eggs which i figured maybe that's what no you no meant, i so. meant like chicken tikka masala <laughs> and you're like what the fuck are you talking no. about were you there yeah i didn't want to i didn't want to argue with you though so <laughs> i mean it, it was no my wedding was the one where you got a speeding ticket <laughs> <laughs> not gonna talk about that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god right anyway anyway so my this day in the basement is also a little bit of a uh, a time traveling cop-out but uh, i started telling the story of um my summer of 98 which we won't be able to get into yes. because the uh the last episode of the season was in may uh so i talked about uh doing secret garden and having a great time running around uh, that summer, and I I figure one of my favorite stories from then in my my one ill spent summer, my one I was a, a young ruffian running around. Have you ever been pool hopping? No. So I spent most of every summer night in 1998 running around with Duncan and Taryn. Uh, pool hopping in the middle of the night where we like jumping into people's random pools yeah yeah that's what it is like we would <laughs> we would find somebody's house in Stowe that had a pool and we would sneak in and swim at like 2 o'clock in the morning in their pool and 
Oh, that's Another cool. time there was uh, there was this lake there with paddle boats and like we borrowed we put them back responsibly and tied them up, but we borrowed the paddle boats in the middle of the night to go out and do that. And then another time, statute of limitations, I believe, has expired. We broke into the top-notch resort and swam in their indoor pool uh, <laughs> until we saw security coming and we, like, jumped out the window and ran like idiots. Now, I only bring this up because I am such a straight-laced nerd that it's inconceivable of even me to imagine me doing things like that, but... You know, it's what we did when it was uh, it was the summer. There was a girl you had a crush on, and you pretty much would have jumped off any cliff uh, she would have told you to. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was uh, that was a very interesting time for me in 1998. So, Secret Garden. If I f- am able to find a clip, I will play a clip. But oh, I can't. That's wait. what I was doing. And I think it's time to talk about what everybody else was doing on April sixth. 1998 do it do it so we were listening on our radio once again to all my life by casey and jojo i forgot that intro tag right i thought we would really enjoy it so we were jamming on this in our car going on our way to see city of angels starring nicholas cage and meg ryan which took in 15 million dollars a movie i really don't remember i um, I remember, is it the be- either the beginning or the end? <laughs> I can't remember. If it Possible ends, like, spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, for City of Angels, I think we're past <laughs> the, the statute. Um, somebody gets railed by a car, Nicolas Cage. I think it happens at I the I think it's the beginning, beginning yeah, because isn't he, isn't he dead? It, yeah, it's terrifying. It's just one of those things like in Ghost, where they're like... When they die, it's so heartbreaking that it's hard to ever recover. Super. That's all I remember from that movie. I always confuse it with the musical City of Angels. Oh, yeah. Cy Coleman. Much different. Much different. Much different. So, uh, before you head uh, headed off to uh, the cinemas in South Burlington, Vermont, you might pick up the Burlington Free Press. And you would see, again, another headline about a problem that we have solved. Hooray! Talking about an assault, we- assault weapon ban. Uh, oh, geez. This was after the 94 uh, assault weapon ban, which uh, kids worked. Uh, this was a continuation of it in 1998, which talked about magazine limits, um, which as another effective way of stopping all of these shootings, which really, I think only Columbine had happened at that point. But, but uh, you know, not having 700 bullets in your magazine also makes it harder to kill a million people. Yeah, Keith, but what if there are a million deer I need to kill? All at once. Or or what if it's one deer that I want to turn into a fine red mist? That's your right. I don't want to eat it. I want to spray it. That's your right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So that's... Oh, I meant... To, I need it. But, but since you said that, I do have to bring this up. Uh, objection! I, uh... A couple weeks back, I referred to as my brother-in-laws as bow hunters. Oh, okay. Uh... Uh, one brother-in-law, who I guess they listened to the show. No kidding. Uh, wrote, wrote, or Jen told them, maybe. They wrote me, and uh, my one brother-in-law, Matt, has never hunted in his life. And my other brother-in-law, Mark, owns a crossbow, has only used it once. So I misinterpreted some You facts. sure did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you uh, know, here I was thinking they were like badasses going out there and working, you know, like doing the real, actual, actual hunting. 
No, they're from Long Island. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, my, you know, my father, we, you know, <laughs> Tom lived in the woods, uh, sort of like 65 acres, that kind of stuff. And, and we had guns. We had many, we had like three or four guns in the house at the time. Uh, but my father tried to go hunting once and he took his rifle up there and he, and he got in position and then spent a lovely afternoon watching the deer because he couldn't bring himself <laughs> to shoot them, <laughs> which I totally understand. Like it's, although, you know, just as a point of fact, I'm perfectly in favor of responsible deer hunting and responsible yeah. because in terms of controlling the population, I think it's actually very important and necessary. Plus venison, delicious. Delicious. Uh, venison jerky. Ooh. Out of this world. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's it's so lean, but I like that gamey flavor. Mmm. Mm, like the gamey flavor. Anyway, that was gamey uncomfortable flavor. for us all. Mmm. Uncomfortable. Flavor. For those of you who have not just turned off the podcast, we're going to talk about season two, <laughs> episode 25, Food Chain, which was written by David E. Kelly. Keith, do I have a sexy ASMR voice? Mmm. Venison jerky. Mm, lean comedian (laughs) (laughs) maybe we'll get a whole bunch of listeners because people are just like unbuttoning their pants to my dulcet venison tones Uh, you don't know that was uncomfortable have a little respect (laughs) for your your, like trying to ASMR booty call our our, uh, listeners yeah, it's called it's called viewer outreach. Oh, or downreach if you know what I'm saying. Hey. I shouldn't do that. I might get arrested. People might take offense because I said they masturbated on a better podcast. Ah, that that this I had to really I really had to find a key there. <laughs> I was on a long search for the well, key. Well, you found the key by the end, but your dignity is still missing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm never not sure it was there. To <laughs> All right. Well, so this episode was written by David E. Kelly and Ed Redlick, who also wrote, <laughs> interestingly, our top rated episode and our worst oh. rated episode. Oh. So he wrote, he wasn't the exclusive writer on either of these, but he w- wrote on Spirit of America the death penalty case, and Sex, Lies, and Monkeys, which was horrible and uh, an interesting little uh, tie-in to this episode, which you don't know about, but I do. So I think it is time for you to tell us. What does Mike think's gonna happen today? (laughs) Hey, that's the best we ever did. That was great. And everyone stopped listening during your weird ASMR sex moment, but the uh, I got him back with my dulcet guitar <laughs> playing, which actually is somewhat skilled. No, you, you're actually a tremendously skilled guitar player. Well, that's because I've been playing the, th- the same three chords for the past thirty years. So, Keith, what's this? What's this episode called again? Food oh chains. God, talk about food chains. Okay. Well, I cheated a little bit because in testing the audio for this episode i did see that rebecca was in some sort of fender bender to begin the episode spoiler alert um yeah well how old does i have to do with food chains 
It's you know been what? a great segment so far. Ch- I'm going to go with food chain, meaning like, you know, the uh, the big fish eat the little fish, things like that. And I'm going to say that at least in some way that's going to have to do with the who the big fish and little fish are at the firm because I think we're going to – I feel like we have to address – the pitch from last episode that Lindsay asked for more money and that so now maybe the other lawyers are going to get involved and be like, well, I'm worth this. I'm worth this. And it's going to create a, a feeding frenzy, if you will. Okay. Well, kids, he might be back on the hunt. Ooh, I like that. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> and this was directed, to- by the way, before we start by Stephen Craig, who also directed the episode Truth and Consequences. Important to know. Um, and here's the truth, Keith. If we don't run this ad, there will be consequences. The consequences of us having three and a half fewer cents in our pockets. And with that nonsense out of the way, let's go and participate in The Practice, Season 2, Episode 25, Food Chains. Oh look, it's Boston. Some uh, scientist and a monkey. <laughs> Rebecca's driving through. Uh... <laughs> She's also on the phone, yes. Keith. On the phone. Oh, monkey. That is a huge pet peeve of mine. Oh, she got cut off by a UPS truck and. Oh, and we are ended as he crashes into a phone booth. He's driving a Volkswagen product placement. The car speeds off. Now, I have to say, as horribly fake as Boston looks on the back lot there, they did get one thing right, and that is all the cars are dirty with salt, which is a thing. Also, for this type of television show, that action sequence with heavy air quotes was actually fairly well facilitated. No, they broke some shit. I mean, Mythbusters does it better, but... Rebecca has responsibly filled up the paperwork. You wanna make some money today? Excuse me? I get you the four or five thousand, maybe more. Insurance. I'm fine, thank you. Well, they'll pay. I mean, they gotta pay. I mean, he is. I guess this is an ambulance chaser. I mean, soft tissue damage. That could be delayed reaction thing. My man here, he's good. He'll check you out in six months. Get you up to five thousand. It's free money. Think about it. Okay, uh. we should talk about Boston! guy trying to scam Rebecca. Boston! Urban entrepreneur. <laughs> that is Billy Sly Williams, who you'd know from Shameless, Happy Feet, Walker, Texas Ranger, Gone in sixty seconds, Doogie Howser, and Predator Two. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep. Which is David? Doogie Howser was David E. Kelly, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it was. It's a scam. The whole accident was probably No, I learned staged. that by listening think? to the Out of Practice podcast. I'd forgotten that, even though insurance. I said it on the Out of Practice didn't podcast. Hit nobody. Plan B. Plan B? Well, they solicit you to go after the guy who rear-ended you. It's a billion-dollar business insurance fraud. I almost decided to go into it. Of course you did, Jimmy. That was a joke. Well, it's not was a it? joke to me. I'm reporting them. 
Reporting who? Well, the guilty ones fled the scene. The guy who hit you is probably an innocent. You get any other plate numbers? Well, what about the guy that gave me this card? You get his name? Well, no, I got his doctor's name. Well, you can't prove he did anything. My card got bashed. I'm taking this out on somebody. Well, maybe another rat will run by. You think that's funny? All right. No, Whoa. no, you wouldn't kill a rat, professional courtesy. Hey. All right. Whoa. Stop saying What's all right, mean? dickhead. My card got bashed. I mean, look, if anybody's entitled to a shitty day, I think it's Rebecca. I don't, what's she taking it out on Lindsay for? I mean, she's there. <laughs> You're married. You know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to remain so. There's nothing all right with that. You know what, Rebecca? I think you need to have sexual relations. What? You what? Okay, time out. Jimmy. Jimmy, <clears throat> let's, let's have a talk. We've been over this, man. You love to, you think that by saying sexual relations, a very proper proper and prim way of saying get laid, that you remove the fact, the culpability of the fact that you're talking about women that you work with. Now, it was bad enough that you told, uh, you told, uh, oh God, red hair, <laughs> that you uh, had a wet dream about her. Yeah. But uh, moving forward, Lindsay. Oh my God, Lindsay. Yeah. Now, and and don't get me wrong. Not a man among the, among us hasn't had a wet dream about her. <laughs> but oh, no. you don't bring it up in the office, okay? Well, and you talk you, about and, it on the podcast. And she <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know, technically, as she is the secretary, uh, she is below him in the food chain, which makes this quite literally sexual harassment. So, Jimmy. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Keith, I'm actually disappointed you keep calling her the secretary. She's a paralegal. No, she's actually the secretary. We're going to get to that later. You've been acting nasty. Spoiler alert. I've been acting nasty. Maybe it's because you're a frustrated older woman. Older woman? What the? What are you calling me? You think I'm old? You just look old to you? What? Yeah, she threw a book at him, and she should what have. Going because on uh, this time, I am the better podcast. Old, and, and for the you- record, Lisa Gay Hamilton was 34 when she filmed this scene. What does that make us, Keith? Ancient. But she was the older woman, quote, in when she was 34. Michael Bataluccio, at this t- same time, was 44. What the hell? He wants to have sex with her. Oh, God. Clearly. Not true. Uh, I'm innocent. Not true. Actually, Lindsay, he wants to have sex with you. Although he might want to have sex with Rebecca D. Cricket, too. I mean... I I think Jimmy's just sort of, like, open for the buffet. Wow. That's explicit. <laughs> no, Jimmy's I'm, I'm just saying, like, buffet. you know, Jimmy's thirsty. I'm gonna get right up to that sneeze guard. I'm gonna look at those fresh greens with <laughs> carrots, cucumbers... And that balsamic vinaigrette. Oh, God. I mean, that's so, good, right? I'm good at this. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> Isn't it just getting really close to the microphone and I making sure your know. diction we, and we sibilance is high? Rebecca. I wasn't soliciting you for sex. This is something I wouldn't do. Because you think I'm too old. I never meant that either. You know Ten I years younger that. than him. I'm a him. kind person. Yeah, and you have 34. a heart the size of your head. Can we just drop this? Rude. Is there something in the water? Yeah. Lindsay. Bite me. All right, that's it. You know, Eleanor's the only person he hasn't sexually harassed, and so she might sue him. 
Give it time. She never. She was not the person who sued. She got sued. Excuse me. Agree to disagree. That's me. My name is Catherine Nesbitt. I called. It's the monkey. She grew up with us. I've been her teacher almost from birth. But she doesn't belong to you. No. She's I owned think, by the uh, The credits center. just rolled by. Somebody named Eleanor Billy Sly Williams is in this episode. This. I introduced yeah. him maybe right. five minutes ago. <laughs> Keith, you've been paying attention long enough to know that I'm not paying attention long enough. <laughs> True enough. Is that a monkey? It is a monkey. It is a monkey. Hi, Tina. Who's that monkey? Who's that monkey? (laughs) What is going on with you today? (laughs) What is happening in your brain today? (laughs) You are malfunctioning. We need to reboot MikeAndDeglio.exec. Don't you think that's funny? (laughs) Yes. Well, I will introduce... The monkey's trainer. She just and asked that is if I was her friend. Carolyn I know McCormick, Simon. who we would know from uh, Law and Order and SVU. She plays one of the uh, forensic people who is on almost 100 episodes of those shows. She's going to be back on the practice as a different character because that's what we're always doing. And for those next generation fans, she plays Riker's holodeck girlfriend, Minuet. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. In all seriousness, is the monkey credited? I just looked it up, and the monkey is not credited in the full cast, unfortunately. But the monkey, I, we'll get into it later. Yeah, the monkey gives a tremendous that. performance. The monkey's My signing the Eleanor. shit out of his ASL. That's your sign name. Actually, it's probably monkey Hi, sign Tina. language, probably not it's ASL. Nice to meet you. Oh, Eleanor can sign. Oh yes. Well, this is language. this goes back Modified. also back to our pilot episode. Uh 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 Cameron is actually fluent in ASL and that's when I quote unquote met her. It was uh backstage at uh Deaf West production of Spring Awakening. Uh correct. We talked about where that. Where she did a whole bunch of uh signing right there. So clearly this is something that she's had her whole life. Very, a, a really interesting like addition she to the character to and a great thing an actress can bring to a she character. She knows a hundred or so more than that. The bear, can you bring it to me? I'm in love with the monkey, Keith. You. Did the monkey rip somebody's face off? Oh, we, we can't talk about that yet. No spoilers. Rebecca? You and I need to clear some air. No, I, I was... The accident. The thought that they did it on purpose. I mean, I could have been killed. You really want to get them? Can we? Let me see the card that I gave you. It'd be a boring episode if you didn't. Like a sting. It's just, just the doctor. 20, uh, 45 minutes of them Do you really doing clerical work. Staged? <laughs> All I know is that the car on the left was blocking me, and the car in front of me stopped short, then took off. That's how they do it, Helen, and then a man with a doctor's card suddenly appears. Well, you wouldn't be able to wear a wire. The guy would be examining you. I make for a good witness, remember? Are you 
nuts? I'd only be meeting the chiropractor. But doctors aren't dangerous. If they're criminals, we're not going to... You know, I guess it's... We can talk about it at the end. Just remind me. I actually had a very similar experience to this, but on the other end. So you were scamming somebody else for insurance? No, no, no. I was in an accident. I was in such a minor accident that it's comical. I'll tell you about it when we talk about it. Uh, But um, the insurance took forever because the lady ended up trying to sue my insurance company for a crap ton of medical bills that uh, I'll tell you about it. We'll talk about it at the end. Well, I'll see if it's actually actually wrong with you. What happens here? Bite me. Now what? Rebecca, a.k.a. Me again? Pam Greer, is going undercover Are they trying to, to establish a catchphrase for Lindsay? What? They almost got me killed. Rebecca. Don't Rebecca me. They do you have any idea what you're getting Bobby, into? Bobby, listen, I already said yes. If you have a problem, bite her. It's just a meeting with the doctor. Or nibble her elbows. Yeah. Her elbows. <laughs> Why are they getting rid of her? It's not just Tina. The primates yeah, you better color that coloring Thursday, book, you little monkey. You better color that coloring book. Lab. And it's a biomedical lab, Tina. Exactly. I'm Peter, are you uncomfortable because it's turning you on? Podcast. Maybe her brain. There's a likelihood they'll even... K-I-L-L. I don't think she's listening, but just in case. She knows that word. I don't know. We can try and get a temporary injunction. Miss Frutt, I really don't have a lot of money. Do you have a house? I'm kidding. First of all, the idea of partnership or equity, I'm not sure it's something that any of you really want. You don't just share the profit, you share the debt, which we still have. That debt can be erased by a buy-in. If we buy into the partnership, that would create a surplus that can wipe out most of our deficits. Plus, in exchange for equity, we could all agree to reduce our salaries. That would lower overhead. Problem is, I can't afford to make less. I barely crack my nut as it is. You don't have to buy in, Eugene. It's not like anybody's hands being forced. Keith, now do you see how professional I was to not make a nut joke? I was literally looking for like, do I have a mute button I can put on your mic? <laughs> yes, but if you buy in, Lindsay, which maybe you can afford since you don't pay child support, you become a partner, don't you? Meaning? Meaning you'd be in a position to force hands. This isn't about power. Oh, don't give me that. This has nothing to do... You're looking for saying how this place is run. Are you going to deny that? That doesn't translate to power. Come on, Lindsay. Let's not deny this is a little about power. It could be more that she slept with him. Shut up. Jesus, Jimmy. This is about promoting the firm. Yeah, promoting yourself within the firm. To help everybody. including yourself. You going to deny that, too? Are you going to deny you're frustrated, Eleanor? Do you hear me complain? I don't have to. A friend of mine works at Herrick and Dunn. You interviewed there last week for a job. Oh, Oh, snap. Shit. Well... Let me say, at least Lindsay's putting this shit on the table. If Eleanor's taking interviews behind everybody's back and her and Bobby are supposed to be tight, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, that is... You know, that said, all of this... All of this conflict between our characters this episode so far feels a little forced. Yeah, it was a little kumbaya every once in a while around the office. I don't know. They've never really expressed any... They seem to be fighting about things that I don't understand what they're fi- why they're fighting about them. It feels a little bit manufactured. That has nothing to do with this. I am doing court. I have to go save an ape. Off, what are you also, salty about that for? I believe there's a legal Never term called s- snitches get stitches. So. Hey, so long as Eugene gets to crack his nuts. Yeah, fair enough. Ooh, she made the nut joke for me. She did. No problems here. 
Bobby's in some. This ain't good for Bobby. No, because he's handled this Tightness really here. poorly. And here. I'm not in any pain. All right, could you push up against me, please? Oh, she goes to the doctor. She the went to the shady doctor. doctor. Yeah. This really hurts. It's almost like a burning sensation. See, the whole back area is spasming. See, the pain radiates out from the spinal column like a starfish, you want to say, or like arrows. But we'll go over that. Uh, Marcus said four or five thousand. Just a second. Allison, could you come in here, please? All right, so we should do. Scammy doctor! Medical entrepreneur! Entrepreneur. That is Richard Gilliland. Nope, that's not at all. That is J.C. McKenzie. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't seem right. Sorry about J. that, J.C. McKenzie, who you would know from The Hunt, Madam Secretary, Vinyl, Hemlock Grove, Dark Angel, and Murder One. I didn't watch any of those shows. Well, then, we guess we can't do a podcast about them. Well, I'm just I'm becoming familiar with JC's work. That's true. Time set up a pattern of treatment. All right, with this type of soft tissue inflammation, it could take several months to treat. I understand. Okay, we're going to start Miss Washington on a routine of three times a week for the first month. I'll just have you sign in for the first five weeks now, and then um, I'll see you in just over a month. Okay. Okay. You're going to need a lawyer. Submit your claim. I have a number of names. I'm uh, actually the office manager of a small law firm. I'm sure one of our attorneys would be office glad to manager. handle this for me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, insurance law can be a tricky business. You want somebody who can handle this kind of thing. Mm, well, actually, this kind of thing is uh, right up our alley. Really? Huh. That's something we might want to talk about sometime. <clears throat> okay. He's so nice looking, but so sleazy. Yeah, like I think we call that smarmy. Indeed. I don't get the point. Your yeah. client doesn't own the animal. My client Welcome would be back, happy to Judge buy the Zoe Hiller. Day, but the defendant won't Hunt. sell her. We're not permitted to sell our research animals to individuals, and Dr. Nesbitt knows that better than all of us. Look, I am not going to stand up I here think and I would pretend consider that, that the seminal fan, Keith. I am standing here yeah, because no, it's I think the this situation warrants it. It's a regular cast why? member now. I don't because know why it doesn't get a credit. Because the chimpanzee has socially and emotionally bonded with Dr. Nesbitt. Oh, please. My dog likes to lick my feet. She's still... A Keith, I think this is an important time for a segment we've all come to know and love, entitled... I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Mike hasn't been paying attention. Wow. <laughs> this is a really regular segment. I'm surprised we didn't have a jingle until then. We do now. Um, okay. What's happening with the monkey? They're trying to take her away from the trainer? Okay, so what's happening is that it is a research uh, lab, a primate research lab, where they're where this doctor is sort of researching so like the social aspects and teaching them sign language, this, that, the other thing. And they're closing that lab ah. and selling all of the primates to a medical research lab for them to be tested on and murdered. And she wants to keep the monkey? She wants to keep this particular monkey who she's built up a long relationship with. Also, the hey. best lyric in Aladdin, I think. He's got the monkey. Ooh, he's got the monkey. Fair enough. A dog. Yes, but can your dog laugh? Can your dog form sentences and talk to you? Can the monkey? Yes, she knows sign language. Not just words, Your Honor, but word combinations, nouns, and verbs. She uses language to communicate. 
Your Honor, there are hundreds of chimpanzees in primate centers that have all learned sign language. Yes, but this one could be killed if she's transferred. You don't know that. Your Honor, this is tantamount to a child custody case where we would ask you to rule in the best interest of the child. With one small exception, the child has rights. A chimpanzee doesn't. That may change, Judge. As we speak, there is a case being brought to confer equality on great apes. That case isn't before me, Counsel, and frankly, I don't care about it. All apes may be created equal, but they're not equal to humans. Your Honor, I really don't appreciate your dismissiveness. Doctor, do you know how backed up my docket is? Do you? I mean, I don't know. Depends on your fiber intake, what you had for breakfast this morning, things like that all factor in. Moving on. I know how you The counsel for the company that wants to uh take this primate is richard gilliland finally hmm. uh who was on dexter desperate housewives party of five matlock 30 something love boat and airplane two the love boat people have to wait for their day in court she's a monkey that's my mother I'm to blame? Yes. Eleanor goes out on an interview and I- You're the one who opened up Pandora's box, not me. Oh, here you go again, refusing to take responsibility if for- If I'm not mistaken, Bobby, you opened Pandora's box right there on that office couch now, didn't for you? For leadership. Well, I could fire you. That's leadership. Go ahead, but you better get an Bobby, opinion what letter are you first doing? because the fact that we've slept together with today's laws- What, are you gonna claim sexual harassment? Uh, yeah. The law. Yes. Jimmy's listening in. good. Jimmy. No, no, I, I mean really good. You know, this isn't about office. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy, are you working something downstairs the there? Is your basement flooded? You What's happening? And me sleeping together. We're not sleeping together anymore. And that's what this is about. Keith, there's one of those cool audio moments we've talked about before where as the camera angle changes to Jimmy outside the office, we hear that sort of like the sound of the voices through the door. And then when we cut right, back right. to inside the office, it's them at full volume. It's cool. Yeah, very cool. I, and I wonder if that was taken from mics placed outside or uh, they digitally muffled it in a way that made it sound like it was through a door. I don't know. I, I will have to ask Sean whether or not that's possible. And if so, how would he do it? Actually, speaking of Sean, I, I, I think we, we've, we throw him kudos quite a bit. We mentioned him on the show, but to everybody who works in audio, you know, it's interesting because nowadays, you know, we, and we're listening through headphones, which I think a lot of people do listen to, um, even though most earbuds that people use, those Apple earbuds are, are shitty. But regardless, they're still better than, and, and our televisions now have sound bars and surround sound and all kinds of stuff. Well, at the very least, stereo, most of the old televisions were mono. Right, and just shitty little cans of, of, of sound coming through really bad, uh, you know, over-the-air antennas most of the time. Right. And so a lot of the work, I think, the diligent work that a lot of these sound guys do just was has been for years totally and, and utterly destroyed when aired like people just can't appreciate it because they never it was never really presented them properly no uh, you are a thousand percent right so and I, thank god technology's caught up to give these guys their due a little bit yeah absolutely i mean it's they're i, I believe they're just in two channel at that point but they're able to put in so much delicate layered information into the two channels uh i yeah i i I second all of that, 100%. And, and a question I'm going to ask him, and maybe you can get an answer for us, sort of an indirect interview. 
back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, uh, I guess when he was working with Star Trek. Um, he would have been on Voyager at this point. Okay. Yeah. D- did they consider, when they were ma- doing all the mixing and the audio prep, did they consider the the super compression that these television stations were going to be using and try to adjust for it? Or oh, did they not consider yeah. that at all and just let it happen? Oh, no, no. They absolutely considered it. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, in music, they do that too, where they compress it down to, I think, 16 hertz for radio play, knowing that when it's going to be over the radio, it's going to be over shitty speakers. So that when when uh, a responsible mixer... Uh, finishes the the mix on a song they listen to it on good speakers on bad speakers on lots of other things to try to like split the difference to find the right mixture of uh so then you're only still ever creating one master or do you create a separate sort of master for like when it's put on blu-ray or whatever the heck you know uh i believe with music you do give multiple masters you do like the cd mix you do the radio mix and uh maybe an uncompressed mix but i'm not a thousand percent sure but sean will sean will tell me Anyway, thanks for uh, following us down that audio nerd channel, everybody. I uh, I just was interested, and Keith had some answers. Sort of. I pulled some answers out of my ass that could possibly be quite wrong. Yeah, in fact, I believe I indirectly heard you say when I was like, hey, maybe you could ask your brother. You're like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's... he's he that we are not. You called a meeting back there to open a discussion, which we did, and it comes out that Eleanor has put herself on the market, and you're saying that's my fault. You have issues with these people, Bobby. You want to lay them all on me? Go ahead. It's who you are. Damn. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy. That's him. No doubt. Padalucho has a great moment. Marcus Robbins, yeah. He used to be a capper or a runner. I guess he's moved up now. They work for doctors? Dickie no, no, no. Flood he is back. It's Donald Logue. Bigger. But this Isn't Dr. Dickie Spivak, a douchebag? He's new to us. He's yeah, well, for two apparently they're rehabbing the character. He he's to. on the team now. He has to run your medical bills to 2000 before you can claim pain and suffering. Well, so can you arrest him? The doctor? You know, from what you told us, maybe we can get him up on a fraud charge, but I... But what? How far are you willing to take this? Dickie's the guy... Let me, let me try to remember. Dickie's the guy who threatened somebody in the, or got threatened in the elevator yeah and and this firm literally caught him on tape right on a felony and now he's like back and we're just pretending like we don't remember that well let's remember everybody's sometimes has auspicious starts jimmy tried to commit uh fraud uh, embezzlement that, if you will that's true helen committed murder yeah and you know, uh yeah okay fair enough fair enough it's rehabilitation keith <laughs> You know what? Although, I'm going to put Dickie on the commissioner's exempt list. Okay. All right. Me? The fact that this is a real firm. But why Jimmy? Well, nothing personal. Go ahead. Those Jimmy the Grunt commercials, you seem like the perfect lawyer to... I think they might believe you could be one of them. It's too dangerous. It's one thing to meet with a doctor, but... Plus, I don't even think we can do what you're talking about. Attorney-client privilege? We can't sting a client. I want to do it. Exactly. What are we talking about here? Well, for Jimmy to be assigned some cases, the leader of the ring would want to meet with him. Check him out. He just threw that out there and nobody addressed it. sounds too risky. Well, it's up to you. I don't think there's any risk of physical danger, but... Nor will we. It's totally up to you. I'm in. So am I. So they're going to do a sting, basically. Bad idea. 
I was basically Thanks, Eugene, the primatologist the in charge of, of training group. her. Training her in? Language. Communication. So Tina actually knows sign language? Yes. You mean she obeys commands or she actually understands what words mean? I mean she conveys information, Your Honor. She can actually tell me about her physical and mental well-being. She can use abstract symbols and she can teach language to other apes. Interestingly, my sister's name is Tina, and she also has a facility with ASL. Really? Yeah. I, I was afraid you were going to say she also teaches things to other apes. No. Cool. You make her sound almost human. Well, she is almost human. In fact, 98% of a chimpanzee's DNA is the same. Exactly the same as a human's. Uh, okay. All right, let's be clear. You believe this guy means business. in yeah. animal testing for medical research? Yes. He's got a goatee that just goes we'll, we'll down like all the way second. to his throat. But you're okay with using animals, sacrificing animals, for AIDS research, cancer research? But not apes. But not apes. No cruelty to apes. The primate research that you do, doctor, does it ever involve cruelty to the apes? I try not to be cruel to yeah, 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 yeah. Let's check the hypocrisy at the door. If we're talking the best interest of the ape, it would be to leave it in the wild, right? Yes. I mean, being caged in a primate center isn't such a good thing for the chimpanzees. I'm up here talking about one chimpanzee, period. And that is no doubt the truth, isn't it? You love this ape. I'm not denying that. Love her like your own child. Isn't that what this is all about, doctor? It's not just me loving her. What a smug she little motherfucker. She loves me. This is a sp though his points aren't without merit. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it, he's this is a really murky topic. Species capable of loving, Mister. You Myron, know how I feel about the word murky. Capable of sadness, <laughs> depression. Do you get that? Murky. Or apes. The ASM. Are you ready for Keith's? <laughs> <laughs> no. sexy talk <laughs> that's our next podcast oh. ASM are you ready I'm so sorry <laughs> the only species capable of emotional bonding no dolphins elephants not nearly to the capacity of the chimpanzee yes but a dolphin does emotionally bond an elephant well, you can't can keep depressed. a dolphin in your apartment uh, I, even, I even read a story once about a hog that was separated from her owner and she suffered from severe weight loss and died due to depression. Would that be possible? Might be. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to come up with some kind of bonding test if the animal passes different rules? Don't mock me, Mr. Myron. Actually, I'm not sure, why not? I am I'm just wondering about the next scientist sitting in that chair who says, my pig loves me. You can't kill yeah. her. If For the I record, my her, pig does love me. Bad. Look what she's done. What she well, stirred up this office smart. has never been about greed. Look, Lindsay's not about greed either. We both know that. You think I'm guilty of bad leadership? You talked to Eleanor yet? Going out on the interviews, you ask about that? I will. You will. Bobby, Lindsay's right. We don't have a plan. Why do we even really need one? We make a living, we're all our own bosses for the most part. There's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for owning a house, too. I got a son, I got his education to think about. College. 
So to boil this down, there's he's saying, "Look, Bobby, we're grown-ups now. We should start acting like it." Yeah, it's time it's time to move forward in the development of the firm. Yeah. Takes money. Now, if those days are ahead for him, if those days are ahead for us, then Lindsay may be right. We got to have a better plan. She has poisoned this place. No, she hasn't. She's just asked for what she deserves. I've said that a thousand times now. I think we should broom her. We start fresh, and then we build a partnership. If that's the answer. What a dick move. Look, man. Right? Everybody here loves Lindsay. Now, next to Rebecca, she's the closest thing this place has to a conscience. Rebecca D. Cricket. See? And you love her, too. Maybe more than you know. Good shot. Yeah. It's Rebecca looking at Bobby having this conversation through a couple of blinds. Apparently not blind enough because she could see I'm him. nervous, though, Keith. I'm yeah. nervous that... At this juncture, they don't know how many seasons the show is going to run, and they might put them together too soon. And we both know, moonlighting proves if you get them together too soon, it gets shitty. Well, yes and no, because so like he's already put him and Helen together and broken them up. So yeah, but like this, it's not like this show is all about whether or not they get together. It's a little bit inconsequential okay, to me. At least, it's about the law. But if Bobby and the law start hooking up, then we have problems. Law of attraction, baby. It's the stupid monkey case. I'm off to court. You're gonna leave, Eleanor? I was just seeing what's out there, Bobby. Well, people don't go interviewing if they don't plan to leave. Well, if you've answered your own question, why even bother to ask it? There's your answer, and there's my answer. What's I your answer, Mike? I just think I need to take a good look at what's out there. And maybe take a better 42. look at what's in here. What the hell does that That's mean? the right answer. It means if you've been sleeping with her, and there's been a shift in the balance of power that I don't know about, I don't like it. And she shouldn't. This is why you don't sleep with your subordinates, Bobby. He's looking at his door with his name on it. 306. <laughs> oh, uh... My God. And he just slammed the door and all the glass shattered. Kids, that's, that's symbolism. What type of irony Hel is Helen that, Helen said don't act anxious. It's not irony at all. It's symbolism. Where's the meeting? Across the street. Coffee shop. It's like a rain on your wedding day. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so Eleanor? Fred Spivak. Oh my God, Fred. Oh, I don't believe it. How are you? I'm great. Twist. It's great to see you. She's wow. old friends with our scuzzy doctor. I heard you were in medical school. Chiropractor. And you, I saw you on TV once. You're a lawyer. <laughs> guilty. You were like defending some porn queen or something charged with murder. Yep, guilty again, but she was innocent. <laughs> you look great. Thank you. You do too. You know, I, I gotta go. I am late for court, but can I call you? Yes, absolutely. Here, give me my card. Jimmy's already to got see one. You, Fred. Or Rebecca's got one. I will call you. Today. Terrific. Oh, she thinks she's so got a hookup. I don't know. I mean, we'll have another big meeting. It'll probably turn into a shout fest. Bobby will run off and buy a new suit, and everything will stay the same. A then suit that's way too here, big for him. Fun. We might even get to bring the death penalty back. You're not smiling. Helen, you think you and Bobby will 
get back together. Guys. Nothing's gonna happen between us. Keith, these are your favorite scenes. Oh, I know. So talking about boys. Don't ask me to say it twice. Oh, shit. Bobby and I are over. Don't get all diplomatic with me, okay? You know, you're the one he wants, not me, which is fine. You know, I'm okay with it. But what I'm not okay with is staying there if you want him. You know, because then it'll be messy. You know, and, and it just it, if the two of you have a future, just don't feed me that unselfish diplomatic crap, okay? Who's feeding who crap? If Bobby and I have a future, you'll quit the firm? What are you, a cross between Cupid and Glinda the Good Witch to the North? Oh, shut up. Don't tell me Those to shut up. Specific. If you love the guy, be a woman about it. Claw my eyes out. I'd do it to you. <laughs> okay, he's not even into me, Helen. You know, nothing's gonna happen anyway. Well, he was banging you. So he um, was literally and probably figuratively into you. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot oh. pole. Bobby did. <laughs> I think 10-foot might be uh, What you're saying it. is, if there's anything between Can't all be those baby Bobby blues, and Keith. me, you'll leave. And if there isn't, you'll stay and let things fall where they would fall? Basically. Bobby and I are over. My chair's stuck. Sorry. That sound is probably evident. You love him. It's upsetting. But What's why does she love him? 20%. At this why, point. My contingency is 33. Why the hell would yeah, I... We're not asking you to build the case. Sometimes we're giving it's just there, Keith. Liability and damages. Even so. It's like you and I. I have literally no reason to love you, but deep inside of my heart, the flame burns. Well, that's very nice of you to say. But, you know, my camera's maybe off, those, so I can't see you. I said this is up your alley. It might be those, those glasses. Oh, my alley's real estate loans. <laughs> Banking. It's a lot easier than that. So Jimmy and Scuzzy okay. Doctor are part of the sting. But I don't want to know nothing. Setting. More coffee? I'm, I'm batting my baby blues. You tell your patients <laughs> to just give me the bills and version of how it happened. Yeah, well, they're going to know you'd know. That's why I'd be sending them. I just don't want it said plain. They want to wink. Fine. But my ass stays covered. Okay. Got it. See, Jimmy's playing this pretty well. So, uh, how do we go from here? He's old hat. My name Roland Mapp will come and see you. That's true. He's, He's been breaking the law for years. You want to check out your place of work. Listen, if you think you can cut a better deal, go ahead. We can continue with this case if we want, but I just have to ask, this can't be bringing anybody good publicity. If she's willing to buy the monkey. Chimpanzee. Whatever. Your Honor... These chimpanzees cost about $20,000. Could you really afford to buy her? No, but maybe I could raise the money. Second, if we open the door to the idea that they could be bought, watch out. Why? Because animal groups all over will be starting trust funds. Research cannot be contaminated by, by politics the or... The bottom line is this is a research animal and they're asking you to treat it otherwise. And if you do, what about the next chimp? And the one after that? I'd like you and to meet her. Who? What? Tina, I'd like you to meet the research animal we're talking about. She could be brought here, right? <sighs> Absolutely. I'm afraid of monkeys. Look, we all know her fate <laughs> if she goes off into the world of biomedical research. Is it too inhuman of us to spend 15 minutes with her first? Good move, Eleanor. Yeah. Meanwhile... <laughs> guy who owns the lab! Guy who wants to kill that fucking monkey! Yeah. <laughs> 
That is Michael Kavanaugh, who uh, you know from Flash Forward, Red Dragon, Collateral Damage, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Dark Shadows, and he was Captain DeSoto in the episode Tin Man on Star Trek The Next Unnecessary Star Trek. There it is. Keith, so, did I ever mention to you that I was almost named Barnabas after Barnabas Collins of Dark Shadows? Really? Yep. Barnabas. Can you see me as a Barney? I cannot. <laughs> Barnabas and Deglio? That's, a, that's a mouthful. Bring the baboon to chambers. Chimpanzee. Okay. Did we get any money on this? You know, Eugene, not everything is about money. Just ask Lindsay. You can bite me twice. Okay. First, this is my firm. I started it. It'll always be more mine than anybody else's. Second, I'm not about to change the way we operate. This is what it is. No management committees, no administrative partners. We see a case we want, we take it. Third? It's got to be a third. Third, I need your commitment. To get it, I'm willing to commit back. I'll waive buy-in starting today based on seniority. Eugene, you get 12%. Eleanor, 10 Lindsay, eight. Rebecca, five. Jimmy, in another year, you start at eight. Voting rights, I get two. The rest of you get one. That's as fair as I get. Lindsay, since you've been such a catalyst, I'll put you in charge of drafting the papers. Any See, questions? was that so hard? Good. I got a question. Why do I got to wait a year? Jimmy, you've only been here a year and a half. You'll get equity after being here only two and a half years. Where else could you do that? Fair. Anybody else have a complaint? Everybody better start fucking thanking Lindsay. Because she just got everybody in the firm equity. She made everybody partners. Not Jimmy. I well, think he's, he's just been there been for like shy. 10 seconds, and he started she there with a crime, so Which he can wait. I might add is something else to consider. She's capable of shyness. Oh, boy, can you... Uh, although he almost got them the most money. He, he truly almost did. Ben, maybe she's just pleading the fifth. I mean, I've you know, almost cashed all sorts of checks from How all my shows she? running on Broadway, too. She's so. five, and uh, her intelligence and I've almost be been in them. The same as a three-year-old. <laughs> Human. Human, yes. Tina. Tell the judge hello. Tell her your name. Go ahead. Here. Try this. Tina, your goddamn oh. life depends on it. You better <laughs> turn on the charm real fast. <laughs> Tina's like, yeah, fuck Tina's like, I ain't got two shits to give. Uh, would you like a banana, Tina? <laughs> she just flipped me off. No, no, she <laughs> did. Her. I know when I'm being flipped off. Bad monkey. Hey, hey, hey. Bad oh. monkey indeed. Tina, stop it. Tina, sit down. No. Very, Bet you didn't think you'd see that this monkey. week. She's a little bitch. That's the best. <laughs> oh, that made the episode. Funny. We are trying to save her life. Well, you do get some interesting cases, Eleanor. Wait, so now Eleanor and Dickie are. I wish oh, I did. I thought that was the Dickie. It's Eleanor and Sleazy Doctor are on a date. Uh. I can't say everything turned out, you know, the way I thought it Easy. Well, you know, you're not too old to switch careers. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I know this meant to flatter me, but... No, I've got alimony and child support and... How many kids do you have? Two. 
great ones, live with their mom. Did you get to see him? Oh yeah, I coach Little League and uh, my oldest Kevin plays for me, so in the spring I see him every day. It's great. I hate you? Sleazy Doctor. for you? Mm, no, I'm waiting for yeah. the perfect guy to come along, you know. Yeah. This storyline seems Ellie, a little you know coincidental hear about how children change your life? Yeah. Like, All it's true. not ju- just that she knows him, like but that him. she ran into him, like, the same day as they're running a sting on him. He's also, as we say in the biz, laying it on I'm a little I'm going, thick. so you have to lock up. Okay. Well, he's a sleazeball. He's supposed to. Well said. I'm just a secretary, you know. See? Mm-hmm. Why are you making me a partner? Because you're not just a secretary. I don't even think it's legal, technically, to make a non-lawyer a partner. Sue me. Bobby, you don't have to do this. Splitting up the pie, that was a difficult decision. Giving some of it to you, that was easy. Good one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Little moment of redemption for Bobby, who's been such a pain in the ass about it the whole time. Pretty good. Bobby. Thank you. Good to throw her some money as she daughters into old age at 34. Well, I think... (laughs) I think it's important to mention, though, that... I think, you know, we don't know a lot of Bobby's history, but it seems like he's been scraping and clawing from the very beginning. And disrespected and i think it wasn't so much as him being unfair as as him just you know that feeling of like it's mine it's mine it's mine why do i have to share it i, I imagine that that's not an uncommon human uh, uncommon human thing to go through no I, I mean i certainly get that especially since eugene has it seems like eugene's been there the longest mm-hmm. and eleanor and neither of them have been clamoring for it it's not you know that he just hasn't been faced with this before yeah no fair enough i mean and, and and I understand why, like, you'd have to, like, have a beer and think about it, but he doesn't need to be, like, completely insane about it for two episodes. Yeah, that's true. It would, I think it's, it, it probably would have struck a little better of a chord had he had not seemed so much like he was forced into it. You know what I mean? Like, this moment's yeah. great, but it, it, it's, it's cheapened a little bit because he was basically strong-armed into this. I mean, he was literally dragged kicking and screaming. Right. It wasn't like he had to take, like, a gulp moment. <laughs> Lindsay did, though. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Do you really have to tell her? Eleanor, if we lose, she goes tonight. I have to prepare her. No, don't make me have to watch a scene of her saying goodbye to the monkey. Knows. She doesn't know tonight. Catherine. Cards on the table. Excuse me? Obviously, you do love her. Is this more about that, or are these animals really capable? They're different, Eleanor. I'm not denying loving her. But, you know, we used to say that what separated humans from all other species was language. That isn't true anymore. Brain scans show they have the same brain architecture as we do for language, and yet... I better tell her. You want me to leave you alone? Actually, no. She's a little bit more stoic in front of strangers, so it'll make it easier for me. It's a really. I don't want her to see me getting. Really solid restrained performance from Carolyn McCormick here. 
Tina. We talked before. You maybe have to go live with somebody else. Oh, it's gonna make me cry, Keith. Yes. Something about you maybe animals. have to go soon. Tonight. No, that's not why I do love you. Oh. Oh, the poor thing's wearing a diaper. And I tell you what, they got a better performance out of that chimp than some of their human guest stars. Absolutely. Like, that chimp is... Remember that poor guy they said looked like their chimp? <laughs> yeah, sex Jimmy, lies Jimmy. and monkeys. Roland Matt, he just called. Okay. 11 o'clock, the guy's coming now. Keith, we, 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 could we do a screenshot of the monkey next Don't to that guy? push it. I won't. If you're too anxious, I'm going to be too anxious. Okay. Yes, I should. What's going on? Big sting, 11 o'clock, the guy's coming. Ooh, I should call Helen. You need any backup? No, uh, I better go in alone. So in this world, Eleanor's still unaware that he's the guy they're stinging because she's That's been busy right. with the monkey case. That's right. They better win that fucking monkey case. I can do it alone. I don't need backup. Fine. Fine? I appreciate the confidence. Oh, What's that about? You make the other's partner, me, I gotta wait. You don't trust me with cases, I gotta dig them up myself. I'm a little sick of it all. Hold it. Close the door, Jimmy. Yeah, have it out. There isn't a single law firm in this city that will give you equity inside three years. You could be on the street that long trying to find one that would even hire you. Eleanor, Eugene, and Lindsay have helped build this place. Giving them partnership would be meaningless if I also gave it to you. I'm sorry to say it, but you need to hear it. I'm going to see this sting thing through. And then I quit. Go ahead. If you're not happy, quit. I'm tired of trying to make everybody happy around here. Except it's literally your job. So Jimmy just quit? Yep. Last sure week, did. a colleague of mine stomped a rat to death. So oh, wait. Jimmy just got Jimmy? It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time. Ladies and gentlemen, for the defense, Eleanor. In the chimpanzee case. <laughs> I was Mom, if you I knew her animals, last name. She would never catch me wearing a fur coat. But I do know the food chain. That's the title I've of the episode. I've had some of cancer, AIDS, and I'm in favor of using animals in laboratories if it will help us find a cure for these terrible diseases. But at some point, we do have to draw a line. Where? I don't know. I would make for a very lousy judge. But we all met Tina, didn't we? If an animal can think, if it can put a noun together with a verb and communicate, if it can throw all of your butterscotch can candies on the ground and jump it, on it your is desk, smart enough to understand a little of what right this now. hearing is about, smart enough to look right back at you and ask why. And when she does ask why, if our only answer is that, well, we're human and you're not, there's something wrong. 
We would never send a two-year-old child to some laboratory for medical research, and not just because under the Constitution a human child has rights. Well, that hasn't uh, aged well children in cages. So why doesn't the same principle apply here? Because she's inhuman? Well, there's inhuman, Your Honor, and there's inhuman. For the prosecution. Douchebag McCready. Counsel presented a persuasive moral argument. Extra long goatee guy. But that's all it was. Guy attempting to look like Rasputin. And as she's admitted, legally, they lose. Unless I'm willing to re-examine the law. You could do that, but talk about your slippery slope. Your Honor, no matter how, however moral we try to paint humanity... Oh, that's an interesting thing that, that just happened there. For food, for is that clothing, she actually spoke belts, during his closing shoes, argument? Pocketbooks. We kill them for medical the research, did, but and we I think that happened sport. only oh. because there isn't a jury. Mm. Or I could be completely wrong, but that would make sense to me. I mean, you've never been wrong before. Never once. But once you start saying, "Oh, no, 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 no," certain animals should be exempt because they're smarter. Well, good luck. I mean, what kind of test do we apply here? DNA? Intelligence? Emotional capacity? We're talking opening a floodgate here. I could open the gate only for the chimpanzee. Yes, but then here comes the Save the Whale Foundation calling you arbitrary. The animal world, it's wonderful. And it's just full of miracles and reasons for us to just leave them alone. Look at every... I mean... He's right, but at the same time, they'd have to want to spend the money to, to litigate the issue. You know what I mean? Or to appeal or whatnot. Yeah. This is well, a one-off. It, is, it isn't all chimpanzees. It's this particular chimpanzee. No, and then, and you know, and I, I like the, exp- I mean, we'll get into it at the end, but I love the exploration of the topic because it is really complex. And we're still learning just how monstrous we can be <laughs> at the same time. You know, and I, and I was going to point out that Linda Hunt is giving such a good performance here because I really buy her thinking about how to rule on this case. Because mm-hmm. there's so many judges that like sort of sit there stoically and like they're for or against or they give you nothing. Like I'm really buying that she's trying to figure out what to do here. Well, you know, and there's so many other issues. And once again, we'll talk about it at the end, even though we're talking about it now anyway. You know, when it comes to especially animal stuff, just just litigating or setting rules doesn't mean that they're enforced in any way, shape, or form. I don't know if you've seen the documentary The Cove about the yes. just horrific oh. do- dolphin fishing that takes place in Jap- off the coast of Japan. Oh my god! Some Speaking crazy about sh- tearing your heart out. Yeah, and it's like you know, there's all kinds. OSHA has put all kinds of of regulation in outlawing that, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that it actually does any difference. Yeah, sure species and you'll find something miraculous something that says don't sacrifice that life but in a court of law we deal with the human race your honor like it or not you deal with all laws Mm -hmm. it's about human rights and just as you said at the beginning of all of this she's a monkey Once we get a record of treatment, we're in the clear. Oh, uh, we're looking okay, at the grainy black and white spy footage. Got to get a power of attorney. 
because all the payments are going to be made out to you. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that kind of paper trail. Well, we can't count on the client to cut and divvy. Look, you pay me in cash. I pay the doctor. That's a no-go. You see who I'm in practice with here? Bobby Donald. He's pretty high profile. He doesn't have to know a thing. All this he is knows is these Rennie are your Santoni. That doesn't uh, bring exposure to you or anybody He's playing the here. law consigliere. He's pretty good. Yes, he is. So we'll start with Rebecca. See how it goes. Like Dickie's a good guy now again? Do you think they're maybe... Are they foreshadowing that Jimmy might have a future at the DA? I could... Yeah, that's interesting. Here we go. It's verdict time. Be seated. I hope she rules firmly here and isn't a chimpanzee. I didn't much care for the personality <laughs> of your little ape. And, Mr. Wow. Myron, you're right. The human race rules on the planet and in this room. But as such, I think judges are allowed to be human once in a while. I looked into her eyes. I'm not going to be the one to send her off to be experimented on. Dr. Nesbitt, we need to work out a restitution plan, but you get custody. Adjourned. Good job, Zoe. Hey, I bought that. A hundred percent I bought that. Alan Alda's pissed. Doesn't that guy look like Alan Alda? I mean, I've had wins. I've had like big an wins. Evil Alan for Alda. a monkey, I'm almost crying. Right. Oh, Can it be no. overturned? No, they're not going to appeal. Speaking of which, I have the court order. I'm supposed to meet the doctor down at the center, so thank you very much for dinner. Can I see you again? I would love that. Great. Great. This full-on romance is happening. Okay, I'll call. Again, very coincidental. Bye. Bye. Okay. Keith, for someone who is a writer, you don't like... Uh, Serendipity isn't uh, your forte here. You're not enjoying it. Well, I don't like lazy serendipity. It's just like you have to come up with one more layer that makes it believable that this would be happening right now. So basically, I guess I guess the question is we can discuss it later. Does it matter? Like, what is this adding? Just gives the audience a little bit of a oh no, poor Eleanor, this is going to break her heart. Does it like? Do we need it? Well, I mean, it really depends on where they go with it. Like, it could mean something, or it can be literally just making Eleanor more of a sad sack romantically, which I don't think helps us. Well, they have five minutes to wrap it up, unless they're going to tie this story over an extra... This is not a story that is worth going over two episodes, but... Uh, we're going to well, find out. We have to Allie McBeal it. And as much as you can, play it out in that room. Okay. And no need to rush it. You know, just let it take its own course. All right. All right. Um, thanks, Jimmy. For all the bad blood yeah we're on the same side now yeah yeah right i'll be in touch even though you extorted me and i record secretly recorded you and extorted you back but you know no biggie i don't want you to quit i don't want to lose you i do believe in you and I do believe that you'll be a good partner. 
But when you get it, you'll feel better knowing you earned it. I'm tired of being the brunt. I know I brought a lot of it on myself with the commercial, but I've been doing good work here, without a doubt. And uh, I don't like being told to shut up. I don't like everybody calling me big head, and I don't like being laughed at. Maybe I haven't earned partner yet, but I've earned respect. There and you I go. Jimmy, everybody kids you because they adore you. Don't you know that? I'm not a pet. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. Food chain, indeed. I love that. I love that entire scene. Yep. But the thing I love most about it is him trying to soften it and him holding to it. The not a pet thing. That's really good writing because it, it wasn't just, you know, because you, you, had, you had a really good couplet to begin with. Bobby makes a great point. Jimmy makes a great point. That would be a good scene altogether. But then Bobby tries to soften it. And instead of Jimmy like, yeah, I know. He held firm and doubled down on that. That extra little couplet took a good scene and made it a great scene. I also, from a meta perspective, it's sort of Jimmy indicting the writers a little bit, right? Because they're as guilty as Bobby. Yeah. They write him as a pet sometimes. As a punchline, like yeah. As the punchline or the Ophi bit. But when he gets his focus, when he gets those episodes that are about him or he gets the star in the case, he all, they always write him very accomplished. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, hope maybe this is one of those times where we're like, maybe that was maybe a little self-aware. Yeah, the, the character is acting, asking, asking for respect from both the firm and the yeah. writers. I know. Kathy, I don't agree with this ruling, and publicly I'll dissent. This is the owner of the lab. But privately... Now you tell us. You take very good care of her. I will. Keith, please tell me in season four there's a case where the monkey rips her face off and we have to... <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, like, by season eight they get desperate and they, like, Planet of the Apes the whole show. The monkey comes back and it's just playing a judge, a completely different character. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to cry. The monkey's excited. Oh, it's ripping her face off. Keith, the monkey's just it's ripping her oh, face God, off. Oh, God, it's so graphic. There's brain matter on the screen. Oh, wait, no, they're just hugging. They're oh, just oh, hugging. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, sorry. It's buffered a little bit. Now they're making out. It's awkward. It's like, okay. It's, okay, this is, this is, now I'm disturbed. Think the place will change? A little, but that's the point. It's spirit. Oh, so we're not going to, we're not going to get into the you and me? sting thing. What? No, we're not. You're my best friend, Lindsay. Whatever happens with you and Bobby. It won't affect you and me. Mm, we'll see about that. Now, if you look in the corner of the screen there, there's a fan directly in front of an air conditioner. <laughs> Jimmy is leaving the office. And he looks back on the newly repaired door. That says Donald Young, Dole, and Frut this time. As opposed to just Bobby Donald. I know whose name isn't on there, Keith? 
big heads. Or Jimmy. <laughs> but a great performance there. I mean, it's all non-verbal acting, but like you see like six different thoughts on his face in that one shot. I think the oopsies are going to be hard this week. Yeah. And that's it, kids. We've gotten through season two, episode 25 of the Practice Food Chains. And you know what it's time for now. It's time for us to wait for Degs to stop with the credits <laughs> so we can move on with the podcast. I've decided to, oh, now I'm going to always see it through. <laughs> you stinker. You stinker. And that must mean it's time for... Oh, no, I don't have anything. Damn it. You didn't do the bumper. (laughs) You didn't do your homework. What the hell, man? We said last week that you had a bumper to write for the oopsie. Whoopsie. Good God, it's time for the oopsies. I, I think that's a perfect bumper. So now, unfortunately, you have to sing it every single time. No, I don't do it. I if now if you could just lay me down, just a little like, uh, you know that like like the we're going out for popcorn before the movies kind of thing. Uh, yeah, something like that. Ooh, ooh, oops. Those are both <laughs> terrible. We 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 were on such a good like string of those last week. Hold on, I'm gonna record was... it again, Keith. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again so we can just cut it right out. Okay. Oopsie, poopsie, good God, it's time for the oopsies. Ooh. All right, are right, your B five? Oopsie, poopsie, good God, it's time for the oopsies. There we go. (laughs) Remember that for next time. Yeah, right. (laughs) That that was a minute of your life you can't get back, guys. (laughs) Guys, that's how the sausage is made. You are slowly closer to death. (laughs) And we're clearly no closer to that bumper. (laughs) No, no, we're not. I just had to figure out what key you were in. We're fine. We're fine. Okay. Much like a brass horn, Keith, I'm in B flat. Indeed, indeed. And now it's time, not for a B-flat, but to talk about the most valuable oil. Well, I think this one's pretty easy this week. I think for taking quite an ambiguous case and getting justice for a non-human client, I think Eleanor Rigsby is the... uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're I think you're entirely right. I mean, it was really the front. only it's the only case that we saw uh actually adjudicated. So uh but she also did a great job. She brought you know, and she made the decision that turned the case, which was to put the ape in front of the judge and have them make eye contact. Because it's really hard to kill something that you've made eye contact with and has you've had some communication with, you know. Lord knows that we all know it's hard to kill things. So congratulations, Eleanor, for your MVL this week. 
Which, of course, brings us to... Already famous cause you've been on TV Getting, Getting a paycheck entry on your IMDB Way, Way to, to go. go And you're the best guest actor You are the best guest actor You are the best guest actor on the episode Okay, best guest actor Who you got? Keith, I submit to you well, there's a couple of. I guess we could go through and and do some uh, some argument uh, and some lobbying. I think that you might be on the same page with me here. I think once again, what could have been a comedic turn or it could have been much less nuanced. I think that the trainer for the monkey was very good. Carolyn McCormick. That, yes, Carolyn. But I really do think that Linda Hunt once again was a vital part piece to that puzzle, and she. I just, every time she's on screen, every time she plays this character, Judge Zoe Hiller, I feel that you're getting the realistic approach of, of what a judge would bring. You're getting a firm hand, but she also, in this episode especially, was given an opportunity to kind of soften and to uh, to really play the sort of humanity inside of her. So I think that um, I'm going to vote for Linda Hunt. Yeah, and I, I I agree with you about the performance. I think she's she's a tremendous actress who i think classes up whatever scene that she's in uh and i think she has this unique ability to be a thousand percent human she never feels like she's playing a character she feels like she's always listening and breathing and in the scene uh which is the definition of good acting uh however i'm going to give mine to carolyn mccormick as the trainer of the monkey who i thought had a really tough ask in a lot of ways where those scenes could have been so overplayed and so maudlin that uh, I think that that storyline worked because she stayed present and there and was clearly emotionally connected to what was happening, but not overdoing it. And I think she did a, a really fine job. So that means we have a split best guest actor. Oopsie. Congratulations to Carolyn McCormick. And to Linda Hunt. Which brings us to... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show This is, I think, the toughest one for us this week. Yeah. Because everyone in their own right, and it was pretty much an ensemble piece this week, really gave pretty excellent performances. I think that at the end, Jimmy really made a strong case to come back in. Right. Um, I think Rebecca had a couple of scenes that she really, or excuse me, Lisa Gay had some scenes where she really uh, brought the house down. Yeah, the I scene think, with Bobby was really good. Yeah. yeah. But once again, in every one of those scenes, Bobby, you know, even when he was kind of, yes, the writing had him be a little erratic, um, but I think that it was all, that was more writing than it was, uh, performance. Dylan. Yeah. I think that Dylan really found a way to thread the needle. He, he, he showed that bombast in the beginning, but he softened, you know, Bobby just is a hothead, it turns out. And that scene with, with Lisa Gay was incredible. The scene with Jimmy's really good. Yeah. Um, 
I think that my vote to to make a long story short here is going to go to Dylan McDermott for the second week in a row. Okay, well, I I, I agree with what you said, um, but I I honestly think it's got to go to Michael Badalucho for me. Um, he uh, there was just really good character development, but he uh, also felt very real and lived in. You know, again, not doing very much, you know, sort of speaking quietly and just sort of being present. Um, but I thought just gave a tremendous performance and reminded me for the first time in a while why Jimmy's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hate splitting this oopsie. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Michael Badalucho and Dylan McDermott for your split oopsies this week. Which brings us to our next one. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Oof. Once again, a tough a tough decision this week. What do you think? Well, you know, this one's really hard because we also haven't heard from Tom this week. So Tom's presence on the show was really... Mm-hmm. It was more was, metaphorical. Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, he made a strong case for himself once again. He, well, and, and remember, the, the award is is not for being in the episode. It's for being Tom Brady. Yeah, and you know, no matter what criticisms you levy, at the end of the day, nobody bees Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> that was going so well. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Join us next week for the best Tom Brady award. But this week we're focusing on Tom Brady. Nobody bees Tom Brady better than Tom Brady. I mean, if we're really calling a spade a spade. Yeah, no. And, and it really does get to the essence of the award. Uh, so I agree. This uh, this week's Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady goes to Tom Brady. Congratulations. And this has been... The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. I did it. I remembered. Woo. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, stick around next week. No, we got to our... get spare tires. Oh, shit. Ah, it was going so well. Come on, play it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Keith, you know, at the end of the day, when this podcast is long gone, hopefully somewhere... Oh, this podcast will be eternal. Someone will actually... The list of our rankings will, in some way, shape, or form, actually mean something to somebody. But what's hysterical about it is that it won't make any sense, because unless you listen to that very first pilot... You have absolutely no idea why we call it spare tires. <laughs> well, that look, obscure, incomprehensible inside jokes are what a podcast is all about. I know it really it really tickles my fancy. Um that all said, when you really boil it down, I had a great time this week. I think just because I'm in a giddy mood, it's always fun to spend time with my buddy. I'm not particularly sure this was a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> um the monkey thing was was cool. It was an interesting question, I guess. I don't know that we really... We litigated, I think... It, we lig- litigated it the best, I think, during closing arguments. Right. I found it to be an interesting choice to have the monkey flip out in the office rather than be a little bit more... Give more reason for Linda Hunt to kind of be so drawn to it. It... No, but I liked I liked that because I felt like that would have been just too obvious. Schmaltzy, yeah. Um, 
I thought I I hundred percent agree with you that the tension in the beginning seemed to be a little heightened out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I do like where everything got to. I feel like we that's often what we say. We cut the show a lot of slack a lot of times because, you know, they have forty nine minutes or whatever it is, fifty one minutes, and so 50, they forty two. They, they okay, whatever it is. Actually, I think this one was forty six. It's forty two now for an hour long episode. It was a little longer then. They sort of have to set up so many dominoes in the beginning that often they sort of just force them up. But they always resolve nicely. I like where it goes. And I also like the show quite a bit because, and I think this is probably one of the signatures you enjoy so much about it, is that even things that seem not as important, like I would have sworn when this episode began that the whole insurance thing that was happening with with uh, Rebecca is was just a freak of the week kind of thing. It was for this episode. But it's, it's a, a seed they planted, an arc that we're going to build, apparently. Right, right. I love that. Uh, but once again, it, the plot points we hit this week, just, I, I don't know what I'm saying is it didn't feel totally cohesive this week. So I'm going to go, uh, 6.5 spare tires. 6.5. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting because if you'd listened to the show up to this point, you might think that I really didn't like this episode by talking about the forced conflict early and the sort of overly convenient, uh, coincidence of, uh, uh, Eleanor's friend being also the creepy doctor. Uh, that said, I also really liked a lot of parts of this episode. Obviously, I talked about the scene with with Bobby and uh, and Jimmy, which I really liked. Uh, but I I like shows that have the development of the firm, and I think Bobby giving people equity in the firm. And having that resolve and feeling like that we've taken a step forward in, if the firm itself is a character, we took a step forward yes, in that character development today. And I I think that was, I really liked that. I think that shows growth and maturity in the show. Um, so, I all, you know, and I, I, I thought the, the case with the ape was, was good. It was well done. It was well acted. I, I think that there's so much more to be mined from mm-hmm. that type of a storyline um and uh but given the the narrowness of this case i get that so getting to the point i give this episode a 7.5 um because there's some stuff i really liked and i thought it held up as entertaining the second time i watched it so shall we meet at a seven i think we should okay i think we shall so now i can officially say Come back next week. We have a very special episode. The first episode of Allie McPractice here on the Out of Practice podcast. It's oh. going to be something. Is Allie McBeal on Hulu, Keith? It is indeed. Okay, well, that makes our life a little bit easier. If you would like to make our life easier, you can do so by leaving us a rating on Apple Podcasts. or Please any do. Join the jury. Servings. Yeah, join the jury. But specifically Apple Podcasts, that algorithm we need to fire up. You can also write us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or check us out at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com or on Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. <laughs> I'm looking Good at job. you. Good got through all that. Yeah. And you can check us out on Reddit. We usually post on the on the out of practice or on the practice pod. Okay. You take over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we lost it at the end. Yeah, but uh, reach out, lead us a review, tell a friend, uh, come join the party here on the uh, on the practice, and we've got Who's a lot Tom more. Who's Tom Brady playing this week? 
Tom Brady is playing Miami, so that's gonna go well for him. Miami. Oh boy, they're just about ready to uh, join the XFL down in Miami. Ooh, that's that was true. your hey, sports Keith. ball minute. I started reading The Institute by Stephen King. Oh, is it good? Just came out. Real good. All right. Well, uh, check us out. Also, listen to Woo, Wisdom of One. It's a really awesome podcast. Roll as many dice as you can and use your power spell that is laser beams. Laser sounds. (laughs) God damn it. Laser sounds. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons & Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of One. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20.